welcome to another episode of the Nonstop Review. I am your host, as always, Devon, and joining me equally as always is Rick. Hello, everybody. And as you all know by now, I hope we don't like to mince words on this edition of the podcast. So to that end, Rick, what are we doing today, buddy? Steven Universe, Season 2, Episode 16, Nightmare Hospital. 3, 2, 1, and go. I suspect we're going to do some Connie things this episode. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> As, as, as soon as you say that, Connie comes out on the lion. Should I say that? Should I say the token lion? I always forget that lion exists. <laughs> Not only do I forget the lion exists, I forget that he has a, like warping powers. What the fuck? Oh, her sword. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The F's is uh, <laughs> the F's are not actually grammatically correct. Mm-hmm. And neither is Val. Yeah. My, I, li- I like how they're explaining why her sword's so goddamn big. Because that sword is probably normal size. Well, it is normal size for Rose. But for Connie, it's like a goddamn buster blade. Mm-hmm. I also like how the hilt looks identical to Stephen's shield. Uh, you good, Rick? Yep, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. I was uh, engrossed in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Steven shitting himself. Oh, she's one of those parents, is she? Yep. <laughs> oh, my days. That is an awful, awful attempt to camouflaging. And yet it seems to have worked. I think it's because she's too tired to fully take in her surroundings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, man. Just those eyes! Right, yeah, because if Connie says that she got it from Stephen, then Stephen probably can't come round anymore. Probably not that many. <laughs> I do like that. How many? How many people do I see with kid with faces cut off by swords? None, because they have chilled parents who love them and don't let them play with swords. <laughs> that it's so funny to me that that sword is bigger than her bag. Mm-hmm. She's taking it to the goddamn hospital as well. <laughs> this might be a bad thing to say, but man, that sword looks like it would taste good. I mean, yeah, candy sword. Yeah. Actually, yeah, Connie's kind of got a point here. Like, that kind of person, yeah, they they never change their mind, so the only way to get round a decision is to uh, use deception and um, theft. Yeah. Lion liquor. <laughs> How'd you get an animal to do your bidding? Fucking bribery, my friend. <laughs> Dude, even in Pokemon Universe, you get Pokemon to like you by throwing fucking food at them. Hmm. If that lion had waited an extra two seconds, Stephen could have opened the damn thing for him. Yep, yep, yep. Or her, or it. It's hard to. T- I assume it's a hit him because it was attracted super realistic tiger, but. It could be gay, who knows? 
<laughs> it's not like this show is scared about, uh, you know, being gay. Mostly. I, I hear that, uh, you know, the show got a knocking for what it did for the finale, but whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a big trope about big gay lions as well, so there is that. It's how they establish dominance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> establish dominance through humping. Jesus Christ, I remember seeing a really dumb, funny little uh, Kingdom Hearts um, thing of Roxas and Axel going to Lion King World. <laughs> so they got warped into lions, and... Oh boy, oh boy. Axel just shook his hips and went, hey, should we mate for dominance? And Roxas just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> for some reason, I don't... I've never gotten that personally, why people ship Axel and Roxas. That's a grim fucking visual. think I remember this. Makes sense, because Stephen doesn't have human biology. Yeah, actually, yeah, I think they do do that. They um, they actually bring this up later and actually do take him to a hospital and realise, oh, yeah, you're odd. You're a freak do Who the fuck throws them out? <laughs> After one use. A single-use stethoscope. I don't, I've never seen a single-use stethoscope, stethoscope. No, me either. <laughs> I've always, they always put little uh, protective covers over the bits that touch the patients, but obviously the ear bits are always going in the same person, so that bit don't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then again, like, by that same token, the the tubes are really cheap. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, you done fucked up. I feel kind of bad for her in this scenario, the the mother. I think they're about to resolve this. Like, there's something, like, uh, intrinsically unsettling about certain places at night time. Yeah, and I was going to say, that is clearly a gem monster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, so she thinks that the gem monsters are actual people. Yep, 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 so it would seem. That's kind of respect uh, respectable for a doctor to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A person with three and a half arms. And a butt for a face. Yep. And the person with no heartbeat is now coming back to life. Like, this is straight up for fucking horror film at this point. This is what zombie films do. Well, the title of the episode is Nightmare Hospital. True enough. Uh, to be fair, if you establish a setting of uh, I, I never changed this or, uh, Fucking what? You thought that thing was able to survive? It has an arm for a head Yeah And additional arms for arms Yeah That's kind of adorable these patients are beyond reason. I kind of get it. From a rational scientific mindset, you've got to, you've got to try and look at things from your uh, the perspective you have already established in your mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to um, engage your weirdness filter. Yeah. It's chasing. It's chasing the thing because it's moving. But yeah, if you establish like my my law, my word is law. 
My word is unbudgeable. It will never change. It will encourage people to just not tell you shit. Yeah. You will encounter a, a dozen and more managers who have that sort of style. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, like you say, it, it, it's it's a way to absolutely get people to never interact with you in a meaningful way if they can help it. Well, at work, there's a manager who is, shall we say, a bit of a dick. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, we well, have to do everything by the book. We have to follow every rule as it's written. No one fucking does that because it's fucking stupid. Because the people who wrote those rules never worked in a goddamn store. So they don't know how it fucking works. And I, like, what actually happens is, is when that manager's on duty, I just don't talk to that manager. Because he's going to make me jump through five different hoops when I don't need to jump through said hoops. This has nothing to do with health and safety. This is just bullshit fucking bureaucracy crap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. To be fair, that is kind of a mindfuck. Like, it's all well and good being like, I don't believe in magic, but you have a magical bubble protecting you while you say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that exact moment, you're literally in a bubble shield. <laughs> it's nice to see he still cares about the freak monsters. Wow, I just said freak. Oops. <laughs> the f void. <laughs> That's why it had no pulse, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> she has the same re reaction to the line that we do. Yeah, fucking little bit. <laughs> it, it, it's not a we two controlling, it's am I two controlling, because the dad is a lot more chill. Yeah. That's another reality, like, I say this as a human being, not as a parent, because I don't have kids, probably never will, but um, your, your children at some point will eventually grow into their own person, and as much as you want to control where they go and like have them become another you, potentially, you can't do that shit, guys. Yeah, yeah. You can't live vicariously through your kids and just hope they become a better version of yourself. Eh. Yeah. Oh. And now Stephen's sad because he's the only thing he can hug is the damn sword. Yep. Yeah, and he does. <laughs> hey, at least he's got three fucking awesome wine aunts. I'm not familiar with this song. Is this a different one than normal? No, it's. I think it's just later on in the normal song. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, it's a shame one of the gems wasn't there at the end there because it would have been nice to see just Stephen get a little comfort hug. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh shit, not even one of the gems, even if it was just Greg. Yeah. Man, that sounds awful saying just Greg, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> or even if the lion was a little bit less bestial and was able to nuzzle up to him or something. But yeah, we should probably not dwell on that too much and instead move on and ask Rick, 
Did you have a favourite moment? Uh, dropping the bubble and Connie just going ham. To add on to that, I did quite like the tag team manoeuvre of... It happens in a lot of things. It, most recently, it's been like basically anything with Captain America, but using Steven's shield as a jump up, as a launch pad to fucking slash some shit. Yeah. How about you? What was your favourite moment? Just the fact that... I think her name's Perinka. Just the moment that she... Recon- well, it wasn't even a reconciliation so much as a acceptance of her daughter and having that little... Hugging it out and tears in the eye and yeah, we, we'll move past this. We'll get on. We'll grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... So yeah, the next question is an obvious one, because we need to add to our board, Rick. So to that end, who was your MVP? I think it's got to go to Connie. So it was very definitely a Connie episode, and she did more than Stephen. I don't know, man. Stephen did st- stop them from getting killed, did. He did, but he only stopped them from getting killed. He didn't actually solve it. I get what you're saying, but they wouldn't have gotten that far in the first place if it wasn't for Stephen playing defence. True. I'm still giving it to Connie. How about you? Who is your MVP? I'm going to give it to, I think her first name is Priyanka, but I might be wrong. Connie's mum. I'm giving it to Connie's mum. That's a sentence. Don't isolate that. Because, <laughs> you know, despite the fact that she has been, up until this point, shown as being sort of like an Iron Maiden-esque character, like ice cold, doesn't budge, it's, it's shown that given enough evidence and given enough time, and if you just talk, she's able to adapt her worldview. She's able to adapt the way she sees things, and she can accommodate stuff, uh, changes in life. The unfortunate thing is trying to give a life lesson to kids that someone who is intractable might actually change their mind when a lot of the time they kind of won't. It's worth trying. It's always worth trying. On that bit of a downer note, thanks Rick. We're coming to the end of our episode, so if you've made it this far, thank you very much. We always appreciate it when you watch a whole episode. And yeah, join us next week for more Steven Universe. Bye for now. Bye-bye!